Proverbs 20 and 15. And when you have it, shout amen like you're ready to get into God's word tonight. Hallelujah. Y'all done took about 15 minutes of my preaching time with your praise and worship. It's all right, though. Amen, because I got it right in there with you. But now I got to move. Proverbs 20 and 15, and here's what it says. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and the word of the Lord says this so. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge, the lips of knowledge, those who have knowledge on their lips are a precious jewel. One translation says a rare jewel. Listen, there is plenty of gold and there is a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a rare jewel, a rare jewel. So we begin talking last week under the subject, the rarest jewel. And we're going to continue talking about that today. Is that all right? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we stand before you blessed, overwhelmed by the power of your presence, Lord. And we just ask you, Father, to have your way for the remainder of the service, Lord God. We spoke to you. And now we ask you, Lord God, that you would speak to us in a profound way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ooh, I want you to notice right off the cuff, cuff that the text that we just read says that the individual who has knowledge on their lips. And notice, I like the fact that it didn't say knowledge in their head, but knowledge on their lips. Now, I understand what you're probably thinking right now. You're probably thinking to yourself, okay, pastor, but in order to have knowledge on your lips, you have to first have knowledge in your head. And that is correct. But I would also dare say that you can have knowledge in your head, but then open your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, it's not knowledge. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I want to ask you a question today. In moments of frustration, are your words wise? In moments of frustration, are your words wise? You see, because when you feel good and everything around you is going good, it becomes easy to say good things. But when life gets tough, and relationships get rough. Are your words wise? You say the right thing when things are good. But when you are frustrated. Are the words on your lips. Words of knowledge. Are you blessed in here? See, because we talked about a particular person last week, and his name was Moses. And one of the things you have to understand, as I recap just a little bit, is that Moses is a shepherd. You could be a shepherd. You could be a leader. You could have wisdom and still open your mouth. <laughs> and what comes out of your mouth is not necessarily the wisdom that you have. Because frustration set in. And 
If you know anything about frustration, frustration needs to express itself. Amen, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know how some people do. You know, some people say, no, you don't understand. I got, I, got, I got to be heard. I got to speak my mind. I got to let them know. I got to get this off of my chest. You got to be quiet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We learned last week, watch this, that the words you speak do not only affect the recipient, he who is receiving them, they affect you. They affect you. God told Moses, watch this, speak to the rock and give the people to drink. And Moses was frustrated. He was mad. He said, you're going to give these people what they don't deserve? That's a grace, by the way. And he said, I'll get to the rock, but I'm going to give them a piece of my mind first. And the Bible says that rather than speaking to the rock, he spoke to the people. He let the ones that he was responsible for have it because he thought they needed to hear it. And he thought that God was going to see it the way he saw it. But we learned something last week. What do you do when God wants to bless somebody you're mad at? It got quiet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The challenge was to speak to the rock because the solution was in the rock, right? We learned that last week. But in speaking to the people, he only expanded the problem. When you lash out on the people you're responsible for, the people you're leading and the people you love, it lets us know that you have a poor prayer life. Because if you were speaking to the rock, who is Jesus, you would give the people you're responsible for something to drink rather than a piece of your mind. Ooh, God. But when you speak out of your frustration, you don't only affect the people you're speaking to, you affect yourself because your own words will paralyze your progress. Your own words will paralyze your progress. God told Moses, you're not going to the promised land. His own words kept him from walking in the promise of God. Did the people deserve to be told off? Because, you know, we try to justify it sometimes by saying that they deserve for me to yell at them. And what I said was true. But as God's representative, the challenge was to give the people to drink, even though they don't deserve it. Oof. Do I got any representatives of God here? This is why I will encourage you, and I'm going to say it like I feel it. I will encourage you. Do not go on social media to vent out your frustration. Do not use social media to let other people know all your business. 
and to let other people who you think need to hear you, let them know about how you feel about something they said or did about you. Because watch this, we learned last week that idle words don't just affect the recipients who are receiving them. They affect you. Idle words. And I also said, do not assume that idle words simply means cuss words. Oh, I ain't cussing. You don't have to be cussing to speak idle words. The word idle we learned last week means, watch this, unemployed, lazy, unproductive, negative words. Unemployed. What do you mean? Watch this. Your words are supposed to work for you. I employ my words to work for me. If your words are unemployed, they're not working for you. And chances are, they will be working against you. Because they're, if they're unproductive and if they're negative, they will not, watch this, just affect those people. They will freeze you. They will stop your progress. Like they stopped Moses. Hallelujah. And this is why the text says that the individual who has knowledge on their lips are rare. They're not that easy to find. Are you blessed in here? Oh, God, help me in here. There's a, there's, a, there's a new thing out that a lot of people are doing called the mannequin challenge. Anybody familiar with the, ma the mannequin challenge? I ain't got no problems with the mannequin challenge. Let me just throw that out there real quickly. Hallelujah. But I will submit to you that if you want to be the best at the mannequin challenge, and if you want to win the mannequin challenge, you don't got to spend all that time just sitting there and not trying to flinch and not trying to blink. All you got to do is speak idle words. Because idle words will cause your progress to freeze. I said idle words will cause your progress to freeze. Amen? You will be doing okay, moving along, speaking life, and then start speaking idle words out of your frustration. And in no time at all, your progress. Try me up. That was pretty good. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Put my first point up on the screen very quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Watch this. It's hard to defeat a man who has the sword of the Spirit in his mouth. I said it's hard, almost impossible, unless the Lord just will to glorify himself, hallelujah, by using you as a martyr where you have to give your life in faith for the cause of Christ. It is almost impossible to defeat a man who has the sword of the Spirit, watch this, not just in his hand, not just in his head, but in his mouth. Oh, God, help me. Help me in here. I said in his mouth, hallelujah. You know, uh, 
The Bible, you, you, you're familiar with Ephesians chapter 6, right? Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. I don't have to go there, right? It talks about every piece of armor. And once it lists all the pieces of armor, hallelujah, you know, um, the preparation of the gospel shot in your feet with the preparation of the gospel, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the, 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 the shield of faith, amen? It talks about this final one. And it says, watch this, and then taking the sword of the spirit which is the word of God so the sword is God's word so it's not just enough to have it in your hand this is this is an illustration it really needs to be in your mouth you can carry your Bible in your hand and the word not be In your mouth. I could, I could have a sword. I could be strapped. And I could be carrying it. That looks pretty good. But if I don't pull this out. And swing it. It's useless for me just to carry it. Do you carry your Bible? Or have you become a walking Bible? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ah, if you're blessed in here, shout glory. It's going to be good today, saints. Hallelujah. Because, listen, at the end of the day, the challenge is simply this. In a battle, because you ain't dressing up not to fight. The whole idea for putting on the, the armor in the first place is because we are in a battle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this. The question is, in a battle... In a battle, can you put away your choice words and take out the word of God? Because you do all right talking when you're not in a fight. That's not my question. In a fight, when you're frustrated and you're upset and you feel like letting somebody have it, can you put away your words? And speak words of knowledge. Ooh, God. Have mercy. And I'm not trying to stand up here, saints, and act like this is easy. Moses is a shepherd. He's a pastor who got frustrated and let the people have it. It could happen to the best of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? If you're blessed in here so far, shout glory. Some people could do it. When things are well. But when they get in a fight, they can't swing it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They can't swing it. Or if they do swing it, they swing wild. And let me help you in here. Swinging wild is dangerous. I'm going to tell you why. And it has a lot to do with the kind of sword that this is. And the kind of sword that the word of God is. If you're blessed in here so far, shout glory. How many of you in here know that the world began with words? I said the world began with words. The Bible says, and God said, let there be. And it became whatever he said. And what you need to understand today is that if the, word, if the world began with words, it's going to end <laughs> with words. 
It all started with the word and it's going to end with the word. And when it's all said and done, the only thing left will be the word. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall remain forever. Ooh, God, help me in here. I hope you're ready for me today. Show me Revelation. Yep, I'm going to Revelation. Hallelujah, because I got to show you. I got to put some substance under what I just said. I said it's going to end with the word. Amen. Revelations 19 and 21. Revelations 19 and 21. It's already starting to feel like I'm not going to finish this one, saints. It's all that worship, all that good worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword, watch this now, proceeded out of his, what, saints? Out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Oh, God. Listen to what it says. He who is on that, my God, I, you have to almost get an imagery of what I'm talking about. Because the Bible says that he's coming back. And the Bible says that when he comes, it's going to be, listen, he's not going to come humble like he did the first time. This one that is speaking here, hallelujah, is not the lamb. <laughs> It's the lion from the tribe of Judah, hallelujah. When he came as the lamb, he wasn't on a white horse. He was on a donkey, meek and lonely. But he said, when I come back, oh God, it's going to be so dramatic, hallelujah. You ever, you ever heard of people making an entrance? You ain't gonna, ain't gonna be no entrance like the entrance he makes when he comes back. Because the Bible says that he's gonna split the sky. You don't hear what I'm saying. Like a zipper, he's gonna unzip the sky. And the sky is gonna open. And all of a sudden, a white horse. And him who is on that horse is both faithful and true. Hallelujah. He's gonna have a robe and it's gonna be dipped in blood. Hallelujah. And it's gonna say on the side, King of Kings. You don't hear what what I'm saying and Lord of Lords and the Bible says that out of his mouth out of his mouth out of his mouth is going to proceed a sword Woo! God help me in here it started with him talking when he came to the earth and the word became flesh he was talking and when he returns again he's coming back talking are you hearing what I'm saying you think he's gonna come back listen oh God help me in here you think he's going to come back. Listen, it ain't going to matter if every nation in the world rises up to create, hallelujah, a, a, a mass uh, militia uh, of weapons of mass destruction to come against Israel. It's going to happen, hallelujah, to destroy that little nation the size of New Jersey. That's what they say about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It ain't going to matter if every nation gets together, puts together all their weapons of mass destruction. All those weapons put together are going to be no match for the sword, God help me in here, that's coming out of his mouth. He is not going to fight with weapons. He's not going to be launching nuclear missiles at all those people. He's just going to talk. That text says, oh, and the remnant was slain. They were slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse. And then you think that he's just going to come and he's just going to. But that's not what it says. It says, which sword proceeded 
Oh, God. There isn't any weapon that's a suitable match for God's word. Oh, God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Oh, God. This guy, this, this here, Jesus, the lion, he's coming to take care of business when he comes back. When he came the first time, he came, watch this, meek and lonely, and watch this, as part of a, for those of you who love to study the Bible, hallelujah, there are at least seven dispensations. You ever go to Bible school, you're going to study the dispensations of God. I ain't got time to get into it, but I will submit to you that we're living in dispensation number six. There is seven. We're living in six. Six is the dispensation of grace. But the dispensation of grace has an expiration date. And that date is coming. In the same way, watch this, Noah's Ark is an illustration of the dispensation of grace. Because Noah's Ark, watch this, teaches us that while the people's hearts were wicked and they all deserved to die, the invitation was still going forth to come into the Ark. You're wicked, your hearts are wicked, but get into the ark and be saved and the door of the ark was open but the bible says that when the time came god himself shut the door of the ark and then the rains came when the rain came that meant grace was over and what came after the dispensation of grace was the dispensation of judgment are you hearing what i'm saying we are living in a dispensation called the dispensation of grace. And right now, the door of the ark, Jesus that is, is still open. This is why Jesus said, I am the door. That door is still open. But that door is going to close. This is why the challenge for us is to keep getting the people in. Amen, somebody. Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. I said a moment ago that it is hard. It is hard to stop or defeat a man who has the sword of the Spirit in his mouth. Show me Revelations. I'm still there. Yep. Revelations 2 and 12. Revelations 2 and 12. And this is him talking to a church, by the way. Revelations 2 and 12. Watch this. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos. Right, these things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. The sharp sword with two edges. The word of God is not just a sword. It is a sword with two edges. That's going to be important in a minute, and I want you to hold on to that. Show me verse 16. Verse 16, real quick. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Oh, God, have mercy in here. I'm still laying down the groundwork. Amen. It is hard, watch this, to defeat a man who has the sword of the Spirit in his mouth. Can I show you? On one occasion, watch this, the Roman emperor sent two Roman soldiers, and here was their orders. Find Jesus Arrest him and bring him to me. Find Jesus, arrest him, 
and bring them to me. So these two soldiers dressed in Roman uniform with weapon on hand went to go find Jesus and they found him. And their orders were to arrest him. But when they got there, there was one problem. And that problem was Jesus was preaching. In other words, Jesus was talking. And they wanted to arrest him, but they had a hard time because they were hearing Jesus talking. And because Jesus was talking, they couldn't touch him. They left. They came back. Now, here's what you got to understand. If you come back without him, after receiving orders to bring him, your life is in danger. They came back without him. And the emperor said, where is he? And why is he not with you? And you know what they said? We never heard any man speak like this man speak. Because it's hard to defeat a man, you don't hear what I'm saying, who has the sword of the spirit in his mouth. Mm. Mm. They were going over there to capture him and imprison him. But it becomes very difficult to imprison somebody who has the word of God on their mouth. Did you hear what I just said? Just in case you didn't, let me give you another one real quickly. The Bible says, according to most scholars, that when they went to go arrest Jesus at Gethsemane, that they had an entourage with them of at least, the Bible doesn't specify, but most scholars agree because of how they did it in that day, that it had to be at least 600 men. So imagine 600 men in uniform with weapons coming to arrest one man who only had but two words that night. They came to him and they said, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus said, I am. And the Bible says all of them hit the floor. You didn't hear what I just said. The Bible says all of them hit the floor because it's hard to imprison. You don't hear what I'm saying. It's hard to defeat a man who has the sword of the spirit in his mouth. Watch this. Jesus did that to let his disciples know just in case they got it twisted. No man takes my life. I'm going to let these men take me, but don't get it twisted. You just saw what happened, right? If I speak, they can't take me. Watch this. Matter of fact, that's the way he put it. He said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. So watch this. Here's what Jesus is saying. The only reason they could take me is because I let them. As a matter of fact, the Bible takes it further than that. The Bible lets us know that when they did arrest him, from that moment forward, he stopped talking. In other words, Jesus' words are so powerful that the only way they could arrest him is if he closes his mouth. In essence, what he's saying is, if I keep talking, I keep walking. Some of you didn't get that. If I keep talking, I keep walking. In other words, what he's basically saying is this. Put my next one up there real quick. This is almost a sub-point, hallelujah. But I made it a point all by itself. Your declaration affects your destination. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It matters what you say. Oh, God, help me in here, hallelujah. In alignment to where you're going. 
See, here's what you have to understand. Jesus came to die. And because Jesus came to die, in order to die, he had to close his mouth. Because his words are both spirit and life. If I keep speaking life, I can't die. So in order to die, I just have to stop speaking life. See, here's what you got to understand about Jesus. Jesus ain't going to speak idle words. See, we could speak idle words and we could speak death unto ourselves. But Jesus ain't talking death. Jesus is not speaking idle words. Every time Jesus spoke, they were words of life. So if he keeps talking, he keeps walking. But since he came to die, at some point, he had to stop talking. Oh, God, help me in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You keep talking, you keep walking. If you keep talking what he was talking about. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Your declaration affects your destination. While you're on your way, let me help you. Watch what you say. While you are on your way, watch what you say. We know that when Ephesians talks about the sword of the Spirit being the Word of God, we know it's not talking about a literal sword like the one I got here. Amen, somebody. It's symbolic and representative to the spiritual force that exists in the power of spoken words. There's power in your words. Amen. Now, did you notice that the scripture that I just read a moment ago said that it was a particular sword? Not just any sword, but a sword that had two edges. Oh, God, have mercy. It describes a weapon that cuts in two ways. That cuts in two directions depending on how you use it. I should have used it today because I really wanted to swing this thing around. But <laughs> I wanted to have fun with it. But this is a double-edged sword, which means that it cuts... I'm going to keep this on so I don't hurt myself. Because so, it cuts on this side and it cuts on that side. And that's why you can't swing wild. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it cuts two ways. God, help me in here. In other words, you speak, amen, and you can speak good words and you can speak bad words. You can speak positive words and you can speak negative words. You can speak words of blessing and you can speak words of cursing. And the power of the sword is always the same. It is, listen, useless until you pull it out. Amen, somebody. Watch this. And another thing we understand is that the power of any weapon will forever be dependent upon the directed purpose of the user. The directed purpose of the user. You can use it to do good. But you can also use it to do bad. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Mm. Let me give you my third point real quickly in here. Hallelujah. Throw it up there because I am running out of time fast. God's word can bless the mission and consume the opposition. I said it can bless the mission and it can consume the opposition. Show me 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8. It's Wednesday. I'm going to show you some scriptures. Is that all right? 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8. Listen to what it says. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall what? Consume. How? With the spirit 
of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Whoo, God. Listen, listen to what it says. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Now, I ain't got time to get into all of this, but that wicked that it's referring to, it's talking about the Antichrist. And just in case you are not familiar with the Antichrist, let me just submit to you that there is a spirit of Antichrist that already exists in the world right now. But, but its representative has not shown its ugly face yet. And the Bible says that there is a reason for that. In Daniel, the Bible lets us know that the reason the Antichrist cannot reveal himself is because the restrainer is still here. Something is restraining him from revealing himself. Most scholars agree that that could be one of two things, the Spirit of God or the church. And so as long as the church and the Spirit of God is here, or the Spirit of God in the church is here, he cannot reveal himself. But there's coming a day where the Spirit and the, the Spirit's ministry will cease on the earth and the church will be removed. Then the Antichrist, what the Bible refers to in Daniel as the son of perdition, is going to wreak havoc on the world. You think you've seen evil? You ain't seen nothing yet. The reason evil hasn't been able to manifest the way it wants to is because there's still salt and there's still light in the earth. It's because the church is here. Make no mistake. It's because the church is here. But when he does reveal himself, Jesus is coming for him. <laughs> and listen to what it says. When and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. One translation says with the breath of of his mouth hallelujah Woo. so do you understand that God's spoken words are his spiritual power release God's spoken word is his spiritual power release oh God if you're blessed in here shout glory this is a description of something that is very very powerful how are you fighting that which is fighting you how are you fighting that which is fighting you this scripture allows me to know that the word of God can consume his opposition oh God have mercy in here I said the word of God can consume those that oppose him and if you got the word of God in you then you too hallelujah can overcome that which comes to fight against you that's why I said what how are you fighting because if you're fighting with your words, I don't care how loud you are. I don't care what kind of choice words you use. They are not going to fend off what's coming against you. Because your words ain't got that kind of power. But if you put his words in your mouth, oh God, have mercy in here. Watch this. Let me show you something else. Show me John 6 and 63. John 6 and 63. I got to fast forward. John 6 and 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, and the flesh profiteth nothing. Listen, listen. It is the spirit that quickeneth. That word quickeneth in the original language means make alive. It is the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, 
They are spirit and they are life. My word has the power to make you alive. Listen, it is the spirit, only God's word, that can quicken, make alive the person that is dead in sin and in trespass. So this is why I said, watch this, that his word can bless the mission. Because you're only going to bring people to him using his words. Not your words. Oh, God help me in here. Hallelujah. So if you use his word, his word has the power to resurrect the dead. And bring them to life. And will bless your mission. And then those that fight you, he will also consume with his word. So what are you fighting with? Amen? Oh, God, have mercy. Listen, Jesus chose his words very carefully. You never see Jesus shooting out the mouth random thoughts. Every word he said, he directed. And he directed them with purpose. I said he directed them with purpose. He was wise with his words. Put my next point up there real quick. If my words are going to be directed with purpose, I have to think about what I say and not just say what I think. Oh, yeah. You could tweet that. <laughs> if my words are going to be directed with purpose, and I understand the power of words, I have to think about what I say and not just say what I think. Too many people say what they think. You are not supposed to always say what you think. If you, are, if, you, if you have no filter and you just say whatever comes into your mind, that will get you in trouble every time. You need to filter your thoughts before you speak. Amen, somebody. Oh, God, help me in here. Show me Hebrews 1 and 3. I'm trying to hurry up. I got five minutes. Hebrews 1 and 3. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hebrews 1 and 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Talking about Jesus. Jesus is, watch this, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Woo! When he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. But listen to what it says. Upholding all things, everything that exists in the world is being upheld by the word of his power. You know what he's letting us know in this text? He's revealing to us that all his power is in his word. I said all his power is in his word. My God, when he spoke and he said, let there be, you have to understand that the word of God is a proceeding word. 
a proceeding word. Perhaps you've heard me say it in the past, hallelujah. But when he created, when he created, for example, the sun, and you know that the sun is positioned at a particular spot. It is said, even scientists know, that if the sun was one inch closer to us, we will burn. And if it was one inch away, we would freeze. It is at the exact spot that it needs to be. And you know who put it there? He put it there. You want to know how he put it there? He put it there with his mouth. With his word that is proceeding. So when he said, let there be light, it was almost as though he said, let there be light, 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 light. And even till today, the sun is still hearing light, light, light. Light, light. And as long as the sun is hearing light, 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 it's going to shine, shine, shine. You don't hear what I'm saying. And the word of God is upholding it by the power. Ooh, God. It won't move because it keeps hearing light, 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 light. That's a bad God. You're talking about the God who told the waters, here and no further. And even when they act crazy and they, and they overflow their banks, the waters know, we better hurry up and get back. Because he said, here and no further. Are you blessed in here? Everything upheld. Oh, God. I don't stand before you today super spiritual and super strong out of my own will and power. I stand before you upheld upheld the reason i am falling is because the word of god is holding me up oh you don't hear what i'm saying you know you ever get enough word in you you can't fall i'll mess you up i said if you ever get enough word of god in you you can't fall and you can't quit you could even use your words to say i quit but if you get enough word in you you cannot quit because the word will not let you quit it will uphold you because it's powerful Jeremiah said, I quit. I ain't going to preach no more in your name. And then he tried it and he couldn't because the word of God was shut up in his bones like fire and he couldn't keep it in. Do you got enough word in you? Oh, God, have mercy. Whew. Why did God give us this big book called the Bible? Understand, is the power just emanating from the pages? On its own? No. It only becomes useful to you when you put those words in your mouth. God, help me in this place. God wants you to get that word in your spirit. From your spirit, he wants you to get that word in your head. From your head, he wants you to get that word in your heart. To ultimately get that word out your mouth. Because out of the heart, the abundance, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you blessed in here? Show me Hebrews 4.12. I got to land the plane. I got to land this plane. Hebrews 4 and 12. You guys doing all right? We're getting ready to leave. Watch this now. Hebrews 4 and 12. Watch this now. Oh, this bless me. For the word of God is quick. Who is quick. And powerful. And watch this. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. 
and the joints and the marrow. So the Bible wasn't off when it said, hallelujah, that the word got in Jeremiah's bone. Like fire. Whew. That word can get in you. You ever been in a service and somebody's preaching? Maybe it's happening to somebody right now. And the word of God just hits you and you almost, you almost. They, they, in some churches they call it a buck. You can't help but to. That means that thing just hits your bones. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Anybody ever had that happen to you? God, help me in here. That happened to me at times, hallelujah. I elbowed Therese by accident. Just bang. She looked at me, sorry, the word just got in me. Watch, watch, watch. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So here's what God showed me. I've read this a ton of times, but here's what God showed me. Here's the secret. Not only does the word of God have a two-edged sword, there are other two-edged swords. Listen to it. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So there are, we read in Revelation that God's word is a two-edged sword, but then this text right here is also letting us know that there are other swords that have two edges, but, but they are limited in how strong and how sharp they are in comparison to God's word. So there are two other two-edged swords. Let me give you an example. Uh, angels. Angels can speak. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said, if an angel comes to you, listen, if an angel gets, it comes in your room, could you imagine? Just comes in your room, glowing, and then starts talking. Don't get excited yet, because the Bible says, check what the angel says. If what the angel says lines up with my word, which is the strongest and the sharpest, then you receive it. But if it does not line up with my word, it was not from me. And then the Bible says that Satan himself can come to you in the form of an angel. Because after all, he's a fallen angel. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? There are other two-edged swords. Angels, demons, Satan himself, Ooh. you have a two-edged sword, yet your words cut two ways, good and bad, life and death, blessing and cursing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you were created in the image and in the likeness of God. And God's greatest contribution to man was his word. And God wants you, watch this, to put his word in your mouth. So that you can defeat the other two-edged swords that are trying to speak to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that when you find yourself in your wilderness and Satan comes and says, if you are. You know how to use this. Your use of this tells Satan back up off me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, and the Bible says if you resist him, he has to flee. Well, how do you resist him? 
It is written. That's how you resist him. Not by standing there and trying to be tough. You will be in trouble. <laughs> put, put my next point up there real quickly. I got to land it right now. Watch this. God is not the only one with the two-edged sword. We just said that, right? But his is the strongest and the sharpest. Put my next point up there. The word God sees bearing fruit is the word God blesses. Oh, God have mercy in here. The Bible says, watch this in Jeremiah. I, I wish I had time. I don't have time. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 1 and 12 that he watches over his word to perform it. He watches over his word. But that does not mean that you can live any kind of way you want to and then just go in the Bible and read some scriptures and think that God's going to perform on your behalf. He's looking, God, help me in here, for the, word in, the, for the word of God that's bearing fruit in your life. In other words, he's looking at his word that you are not just saying, but living. So that when you speak, you speak with power. Because the word cannot come over you to somebody else. It has to come through you to them. It has to be a word you live, not just a word you say. As a matter of fact, the way you live it is what empowers how you say it. Ay, ay, ay. That's why when he went to the fig tree and he saw that it had leaves with no fruit, he cursed it. He cursed it because it was fruitless. It was looking good on the outside, but it was barren on the inside. That is religion at its best. Religion means to conform to an outer code. You can have it all together on the outside and still be a mess on the inside. That's why Jesus called the religious people whitewashed tombs. Real clean on the outside. Inside, dead as a corpse. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Religion is fruitless. It is fruitless activity. Are you hearing this preacher? I wish I had more time to get into that. I can't. Jesus spoke to it, and the end result was that it died. There's power in your words. I said there's power in your words. Listen, show me Genesis 1.22. Genesis 1.22. I got to say this. And God blessed them. Listen, listen. How did God bless them? And God blessed them. How did God bless them? And God blessed them, saying, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. Give me my next point. I got to give them to them and we're going to leave. Hallelujah. Silence is not always a blessing. Oh, God. Silence is not always a blessing. Watch this. How did God bless them? By saying. How did God bless them? By saying. Hallelujah. Silence is not always a blessing. If God doesn't say anything, they don't receive the blessing. So while it might be wise sometimes not to say nothing, not saying anything is not necessarily directing a blessing toward that person. You can only bless with your words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, if you have no self-control... With your words, you might have to put your hand in your mouth. 
so that you don't say something that's going to make things worse when you're frustrated. But doing that is not necessarily blessing somebody. It might be good because you're still having a problem controlling your mouth. It might be good because the words that are going to come out of your mouth from your lips are not going to be knowledge. But if you can still speak when you're upset and your words be words of knowledge, you will be able to bless somebody even when they're not talking to you right. Y'all not saying nothing in here. That's when it is the hardest to say the right things. When you're happy, you're going to say the right thing. You're going to quote scripture because you have some knowledge of the word of God. But when you're frustrated, are your words still wise? That's what separates the men from the boys. That's why this precious jewel is so rare. Because when people get frustrated, that's when their words become unwise. And God's looking for that precious jewel. So silence is not always a blessing. And finally, let me just say this. Put the last one on the, po- on the board. Realize that words are not retractable. Oh, God. Words are not retractable. You know, I think that sometimes we just fool around with this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here, hallelujah, because I'm done. But I just want to say something about this last point right here. Because I think that we play with this. And, and it, it's dangerous. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it's dangerous. You remember when Jacob steals Esau's blessing? How many of you are familiar with that story? Where Jacob dresses up like his brother and he goes to his father, Isaac, and he says, give me the blessing because there was a special blessing, watch this, separated for the eldest brother. It was the blessing of the double portion and it was the firstborn that would get this blessing. But Esau didn't really care for it too much at first. But Jacob wanted it. And so Jacob dressed up like his brother, took advantage of the fact that his father's eyes were dim, dressed like his brother and said, it's me, Esau. Give me my blessing. Give me my blessing. And since his father felt him, his father wasn't dumb. He said, come here. And he felt him. And he touched him. And he said, man, this is funny because feels like Esau. Sounds like Jacob. But he smelled them, and he smelled like his brother, Esau. So watch this. He released the blessing. And I, I, had, I have it here, and it's a powerful blessing, hallelujah. But here's the point. He released it. Then a couple minutes later, Esau comes in with, with, with food that, that, that Isaac had originally asked for, but Jacob already gave him. And he said, here's your, here's your catch. Here's your food. And he said, well, I already ate. You already brought it to me. Who are you? He was like. It's me, Esau. And he said, no, it's not. Esau was just here. And I just blessed him. And the Bible says that Esau cried out, no! And the Bible says that he began to weep. Because he understood what that meant. He understood that once his father released the blessing, those words were not retractable. So he runs to his father and he says, bless me anyway. Come on, speak, speak to me. Come on, bless me. Tell me something. And his father looked at him and said, I can't. I already released it. 
And I wonder if we understand that. That once the words leave our mouth, we can't just take them back. We fool around with it. We, we act like, ah, it's okay. Listen, I was on the plane. I'll take it back. Let me, let me say the right thing now. No. Listen, if these words are a sword, if your words are a double-edged sword, and you take this word and you swing, imagine swinging this sword at somebody. You cut them. After that, you can't unswing it. You, you, you can't take it back as though, okay, wait, wait. They are cut, they are wounded, they are hurt, and they are bleeding. The best you could do at that point is apologize, get you some bandages, and help them heal, and then say words of encouragement. But the damage is already done. Are you blessing your children with your words? Or are you cursing them with your words? Before you tell a child, you just like your father. Or are you stupid? Or you never gonna amount to anything? Understand that once those words come out of your mouth, chances are that they will begin to believe them because they came from you. And those are idle words. And those are words of cursing. It matters. Joseph brought his two sons before Jacob later and said, bless my kids. And he purposely put the older one on Jacob's right hand and the other one on his left. And when he went to pray for them, he switched his hands. And there's, there's a spiritual picture there of grace of the New Testament, the younger being accepted over the older, which is the Old Testament. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I can't get into all that. What I am saying is this, the life of the one that he put his right hand on flourished. Because what you say to your child does matter. You can will them to success with your words. This is why Jesus said, let the children come to me. Took them up in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Are you blessed in here, church? Let's give God a praise offering in here. Come on, let's give him a real good one in here.